Welcome to the Better Boundaries podcast brought to you by Utahns for a Responsive Government. The goal of season two is to keep you updated and informed about Utah's ongoing fight for independent redistricting. Additionally, we'll feature guests that are experts in government accountability and Utah's political landscape. My name is Katie Wright, and I'm the executive director of Better Boundaries and your host. In today's episode, we're speaking with Victoria and Malcolm Reed. They are married, live in Mill Creek, and are both plaintiffs in the gerrymandering lawsuit against the Utah legislature. Malcolm, a Democrat, and Vicki, a Republican, have found themselves at the epicenter of four congressional districts in Utah. Vicki and Malcolm, welcome to the Better Boundaries podcast. Thank you. Thank you. So you're suing the state legislature for a violation of your constitutional rights under the Utah State Constitution. But before we talk about gerrymandering, I'd love to just learn a little bit about you. So tell us about how long you've been living here in Utah. So Katie, we moved here four years ago from Minnesota. Um, we've lived in Minnesota for quite a few years. And uh, uh, after retiring, we decided that we wanted to live someplace a little warmer than Minnesota. So we, we uh, came to Utah. We have lifelong connections to the state, and so it seemed like a, a good place to move, and we've, uh, we've loved our time here. Yeah, and I'll just add, yes, I am a native Minnesotan, but I have lived all over the country. Um, and just a little personal info, uh, we've been married 44 years, and we have four sons and three grandchild- grandchildren and one more on the way. But we are, we are thrilled and really happy to be here in Utah. As, as Malcolm said, we have... Um, many generation roots in the state. So when you moved here, you um, moved to Mill Creek, which is ground zero for the congressional districts because it is split. This one city is split between all four of Utah's congressional districts. Tell me about Mill Creek as a city and a community. Yes, um, Mill Creek isn't that well known, which is, um, which is understandable given that it is one of um, uh, Utah's uh, newest cities. Uh, it was just incorporated in, uh, about five and a half years ago. However, it's also one of uh, Utah's largest cities. It's 64,000 people. Um, uh, it, uh, but and even though it's new, um, it, it has had people living here for since pioneer days and has very well-established communities. Some of them you might have heard of like Olympus Cove or Canyon Rim. Um, I looked up one thing for this, which I thought was interesting, that over it's a very well-educated city. Over half of the adult population has a college degree. Oh, that's interesting. Was there a particular reason why you chose Mill Creek um, when you moved back to Utah or when you decided to retire to Utah? I think I'm going to let my husband answer that. He drove that decision. Okay. So this is going to be a little revealing, I think. I'm a bit of a data nerd. But when we were first considering locations that we wanted to live in Utah, I took out a map of the state legislative districts. And uh, as you indicated, I'm a Democrat. And I look for uh, legislative districts where Democrats at least had some representation. And uh, Oak Creek fit the bill from that standpoint. I love that. And I think a little bit later, we'll talk about your involvement in the redistricting process. So um, 
Um, but that's a good hint at your interest. So I, I understand that you're happily married and um, members of two different political parties, which I want to say when I was growing up, that wasn't uncommon. That happened all the time. Um, my parents split the ticket a lot of, in a lot of elections. But now we're finding that that um, seems to be a rarity. So just tell us a little bit about your differing political perspectives. Yes, well, as you said, I am a Republican, which to me does mean limited government and government closest to the people. Um, and so that to me means that can be the state legislature, but it should also be towns and municipalities and the people themselves. Uh, I also think to me, Republican means the rule, adhering to the rule of law. And it seems to me that if you have an initiative process where you're saying you're going to give power to the people, which is a Republican principle, then that rule should be followed. And I, I would consider myself a moderate Democrat. I think Vicki would probably call herself a moderate Republican as well. And so we find ourselves in agreement on a lot of uh, political issues. Uh, I'd call myself a good government Democrat. And, and I think that government can do good things when, when it's well managed. Uh, I believe strongly in fairness and justice for all. And so I think that puts me on the democratic side of the ledger as well. Uh, but um, as you indicated, Katie, there was time when uh, you could have a Republican and a Democrat in the same household without warfare breaking out. <laughs> well, um, thank you for being an example of that possibility. Um, are there experiences that you've had that drove your decision to get involved in the Utah redistricting process? As I indicated, we lived in Minnesota, and I think when we redistricting, as it came up every 10 years after the annual, after the decennial census, was really a, a non-issue. There was never any huge controversy about it. Uh, the, and, and so when we came to Utah, uh, the first thing we noticed was that even prior to 2020, that the, the uh, congressional districts were gerrymandered and were favoring one political party. And so it looked like with the, uh, with the uh, <clears throat> initiative in 2018 that was passed that allowed, uh, that created the Utah's independent redistricting commission that here was an opportunity to do redistricting the right way. And that was something that was of interest to me um, just based on our experience living in a different state. And I, I think it's true that um, although gerrymandering, as many people know, has existed since the beginning of our country, that the extreme nature of it has gotten worse over time with the availability of data and you know computing to draw maps. So um, I think your experience mirrors that of the country. Vicki, tell, tell me, what, what previous experiences have you had that have informed your decision to join this? Um. Well, before moving to Utah, uh, I worked in Republican politics for many years um, at the national level in Washington, D.C., um, at the state local. I worked in the Minnesota governor's office and at the local level. And then what I experienced then, which admittedly was quite a few years ago, was that people worked across the aisle and they 
tried to, to find common ground and to take the best ideas from both sides to develop a solution. And what I saw, what I saw here and what I see here is people, you know, one party ignoring the will of the people. Sort of makes me think of Nancy Pelosi who said, um, we need a strong Republican party. And I would say in Utah, we need a strong Democratic party. I mean, there's, you know, both parties, we need to have respect for each other and um, understand that all of us want the same thing, which is, you know, how to, how to solve problems and, and make, make our government and our businesses work. We need more respect. I couldn't agree more. So ultimately, you made this decision um, to jump in and become a, a plaintiff in this case. And, uh, and I'd like to hear about what drove that very specific decision. Well, personally, I was just appalled that the Republican legislature authorized and funded an independent redistricting commission and then completely ignored the recommendations of that commission. To me, it felt like a bait and switch. Um, the initiative was passed by the Utahns and it laid out a criteria for redistricting um, that the legislature totally ignored. And then they came up with their own um, criteria that no one had been proposing um, that uh, each district should contain both urban and rural voters. Um, I've talked to rural voters who said, you know, I don't want to be with you guys. And, um, you know, urban voters are like, you, you know, we don't have, we we're, have completely different issues that we're concerned about. Uh, so when, when it suddenly got uh, announced, the legislature announced its new districts on a Friday night, um, I, you know, my first thought was I could walk to all of these. I am so close to all four congressional districts. I actually did take the walk. Um, it took me 45 minutes and I, to get to all of them. Um, but and yet my new congressional district, I love this, extends 120 miles west to Nevada and 350 miles south to Arizona. Yet it slices through my neighborhood, my city, my county. Um, it, it just felt like what the legislature did was unethical, dishonorable, wrong. And I also just want to add one more thing. It, it just felt contrary to the values of the Republican Party. Um, you know, it's taking power from the people. Uh, it, it gerrymandered me into an ultra-conservative district, and it took away, you know, my freedom to elect a moderate representative. And I have to say, we were switched from the 4th Congressional District to the 2nd. And in the 4th Congressional District, that district um, changed hands, political parties three or four times in the last five elections. And now it is going to be a, a 57, 58% Republican district. So, um, you know, there, there just isn't really, there's no incentive with the way these uh, boundaries are drawn for people to take a bipartisan approach. And, and I think it's so interesting what you're noting is that it's not just um, Democrats who maybe feel like their votes are being diluted, but moderate um, Republicans as well. And I just think that that's a unique perspective that we don't often hear. So thank you for sharing that. Malcolm, um, you made that hard decision as well to join the lawsuit. Tell me about that. Well, um, when we first moved here in 2018, we had the opportunity to vote on the uh, citizen initiative and we both voted for the creation 
of the Independent Redistricting Commission. And so this is something that we followed with interest, especially uh, as we knew that uh, new districts were going to be created after the 2020 census. And so um, I participated in some of the work of the Independent Commission, uh, went to uh, several of their meetings, uh, both the Utah Legislative Committee the, uh, and the Independent Redistricting Commission, they, they, on the surface, they followed similar processes in that they, they both had meetings across the state and took citizen input. They both had websites where you could draw maps of, of not only the congressional districts, but the state Senate and, and House and school board as well. But I think what was most of interest to us was the congressional districts. And so at a superficial level, what the legislative committee uh, process entailed was very similar to what the independent redistricting commission was doing. However, when you dig a little deeper, you saw that the independent redistricting commission was using some very well-established principles for drawing congressional boundaries. Things like having compact contiguous districts and, and um, not crossing city or county boundaries if not if to the uh, to the extent that you that you could avoid that and um, and and so those principles are nonpartisan they respect communities of interest and their guiding principles that you find um, political science professors talking about as as models of good governance. And so that appealed to me greatly. I thought that the independent redistricting commission was following a process that was going to be fair to all. Um, the legislative commission, and, and Vicki talked about this a little, had this additional requirement that each district have a mix of urban and rural uh, constituents and there was nothing in the principles that allowed that that and that looked to me like a dodge it looked to me like a way to use uh, political considerations and partisan considerations to justify gerrymandering and so as we dug as, as you looked at the two processes at the at the superficial level they looked very similar but the results were diametrically different I, I really appreciate um, those observations and and want to note that um, Malcolm wasn't alone among Utahans in really participating in the two process. We had off the charts participation by Utahans demonstrating how important this is to them. Um, and I also agree both groups solicited um, input from citizens, but I think what's interesting is like what was used you know how was it used and on the independent commission side there was a lot of transparency in the map drawing process whereas we just did not see that with the legislative committee and then ultimately as you've said it's you know they measured their maps like here are the standards and here's how we measured if we met the standards that was a really important part of the independent commission process but not something we saw in the legislative committee um, thank you for participating in that Vicki, why should 
other Utah Republicans like you care about gerrymandering? Why is this important to all Utahns, in your opinion? Well, as I said, I feel like um, what the legislature did really sort of subverts the rule of law. And Republicans, in, in my view, believe in the rule of law. Um, I, you know, I feel like what they've done is it's deceptive, it's self-serving, their process was opaque. Um, I feel like uh, uh, the process they used also violated Utah's GOP constitution, which I think is interesting. So this is one of the things that the, the uh, GOP constitution says, that they demand honesty, integrity, morality, and accountability. And that, to me, does not describe the process that the legislature used in coming up with these gerrymandered districts. So I, I really think, um, and as I said, I believe in bipartisanship. I think that this, um, the outcome does not promote bipartisanship. And um, I'll tell you a, a sort of a story. I was talking to um, a man I know that's a longtime Republican here, and he said, so you are, so uh, yeah, you did this lawsuit and you are bringing your uh, blue state ideas here to Utah. And without thinking, I said, you mean bipartisanship? And he sort of, I, I probably was a little too quick, but, and, and he said, well, you know, every place gerrymanders. And I said, not like this, they don't. Um, in, in Minnesota, and I hate to keep using that as an example, but there'd be other ones all the way across the US. Um, Minnesota has eight congressional districts, so roughly double. And it has one that's for Minneapolis, one that's for St. Paul, a couple that are suburban, and it has ones that we call it outstate, it would be rural. And so the districts are by communities of interest. I mean, that is a possibility when you have a legislature that wants to try to do something that um, represents a variety of interests, not just one. So ultimately, I'd love to hear from both of you of what your hope is for the voters of Utah. What do you hope that this litigation accomplishes? Um, I mean, for me, I guess I feel like it should the uh, it should be ruled the the process and the outcome should be ruled unconstitutional, and that um, we should go back to the independent redistricting commission. That was a really fine commission that had many very fine people on it that wanted the you know want the best for utah and uh i think that they should recommend a map um and uh, you know i think the will of the people should be um supported thank you yeah and i'll just uh, concur with vicky on this uh, as utah citizens we have the right to uh through the initiative process to pass legislation and i think that's a that's a precious right, and I think it's been subverted through this process of uh, of uh, gerrymandering. And and for me, I guess the bottom line is I'd like to see one of the maps that was proposed by the Independent Commission uh, ratified through the courts through our litigation um, and adopted for uh, the congressional cycle beginning in 2024 and beyond. Vicki and Malcolm, thank you for your time today and for your brave and principled stance on independent redistricting. 
For our next episode, we'll hear directly from one of the organizations also serving as a plaintiff in the case. I'm Katie Wright, your host and executive director of Better Boundaries Utah. We'll hope you'll tune in and follow our podcast for updates on Utah's gerrymandering case.